Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Jandals in Japan podcast. Kia ora, Catherine. Konnichiwa, Jane. Nakemashite, omedetou gozaimasu. Yennen, omedetou gozaimasu. Kotoshi mo yoroshiku onagaishimasu. Kotoshi mo yoroshiku onagaishimasu. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. And wow. I think we can probably stop saying that soon. So oh, I did right? say it today to someone and I was like, wow, are we still saying this? And they're like, yeah, are we still saying this? But you got to do the rounds. You got to have your first greeting of the new year. Yeah, right? even if it's just a little bit further into the middle of the middle of the month, you still want to say it if, to somebody yeah. you haven't seen yet. Yes, exactly. Yes. Especially if they're a nuttero person, someone who, you know, looks after you kind of thing. Right. right? Yeah. I always find too between Christmas and New Year when I was back in New Zealand, people start saying Happy New Year. So you actually say Happy New Year for quite a long time in New Zealand. Mm. After Christmas, everyone starts saying, well, you know, Happy New Year isn't kind of eyesight. So a greeting at the end of something or you're having, you know, buying shopping at the supermarket. Something oh, like yo yo Toshio. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, you know, I guess you say it in Japanese too, don't you? Have mm. a good New Year. Have a new, good New Year. Have a good mm. New Year. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, happy new year, everyone. <laughs> well, <laughs> here we are in 2024. Did you get your first prayer in of the year, Catherine? Oh, yes. The Hatsumode, you mean? Hatsumode, going yes. to, mm. Yeah, normally I would go to a shrine, but this year I went to a temple, one of the really big temples near Tokyo Tower. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it was really amazing because um, here's the little thing I picked up, you know, the good luck charm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing was, I realized when I was there, it was the first temple I ever went to when I arrived in Japan. So kind of 20 years in between. And I think I'd visited maybe once, but to actually just go there, one of my friends invited me to go to option A or option B. Mm. And I chose option B, which was the temple. Right. And it was awesome to be back there and think about, gosh, 20, 21 years in Japan. And thank you very much. Because I literally arrived, stayed at a hotel nearby. And the first thing I did when I walked out of the door of the hotel was see this temple and went there. So it was oh, super wow. exciting. Yeah, to be back in the same place. What a wonderful. It was amazing. Coming of, not coming of age, but sort of the way things have come around again. And you could go there and, yeah, because that's an important thing to do is to give thanks for all of the wishes that have come true, blessings you have received. So true. Mm. And that's kind of what I did. I did that. And also we did the, what do you call it? Omikuji. Omikuji, yes, where you select the fortune. Fortune. And I got the Daikichi, which is the very best luck one. So it was awesome. Yeah. So I felt after what we had a bit of a disruption at the very, very beginning of the year with bit of a, a rough time in Japan with the earthquake and the accident at Haneda. It was really kind of refreshing and bringing a bit more soul back to mm. people who were there all seemed to be trying to enjoy and get into a bit of a spirit, right? And, mm. and, and pray for something better to happen this year. And yeah, did you do good. something? Yeah. I did. I also went to do Hatsumode on the 1st of January which is supposedly the most powerful day to put your wish in, right? And some people are even waiting at the gates of the temple or the shrine at midnight so that they can be first in line to make their wow. wish. Yeah. Wow. Have you ever wow. done that? Waited outside the temple until Ooh, midnight? I don't think or... I have. No, I think mm. I so have For the done... young'uns, I think. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the young'uns. Yeah. I have 
been there and sort of got through the gate after probably 20, 30, 40 people have been in, but never first. Oh, right. no, never first. No, good luck with that. But being in the first sort of wave of, you know, the hordes that come to do their Hatsumodea. But uh, we went to our local Onsen Jinja, which is the my favorite shrine here in uh, in Iwaki, in Yumoto Onsen. And we had to wait, which is an unusual experience because usually there's not really that many people no. Uh, making wishes at the, this particular shrine. It's very quiet normally. And my kids were like, what's going on? Why do we have to wait? And I'm like, because it's New Year and everyone wants to make a wish on New Year's Day. Yeah. And it wasn't that long. It was only five minutes and there was, you know, single file line waiting. And then I saw some photos of Narita-san or a friend of shared that she went to Narita-san and just the hordes of people <gasps> at Narita-san wanting to make a wish on that day were just amazing so amazing we did not wait long That's and then so we got free controlled free, free, controlled. Soup, free soup and snacks lovely it was a lovely event we got to sit around the fire and drink soap and keep warm and enjoy being at the shrine on new year's day and it was That's and this right. was before the earthquake had happened so oh, i see um it was still a very sort of festive atmosphere yes mm. yes until we got home and and things yeah went a bit yeah, sideways after good. that yeah, but I think it's interesting. There's so many people at these places, and where I was was also crowded, but not as crowded as the Narita Sun place you mentioned. Mm. But just how everyone conducts themselves so yeah. quietly and uh, reverently. Um, yeah, it's really no amazing. Shoving. Another thing, it just mm. makes me think about Japan and how wonderful it is where people, you know, it's going to be crowded, but everyone just takes it in their stride. It's Wait, really incredible. Turn. Well, say so you should too, right? You're going to meet the coming summer, right? You can hardly <laughs> force your way to the front of the line and be like, I want, I want. this this year. Yeah, it's not going to work. Thanks, God. <laughs> not going to work. Well, All right. speaking yeah. of wants, right, we mm. also do want some of that sweet stuff. And we've got sweet stuff coming today on this episode because it's all about cookie time. Cookie time, you're thinking we have had cookie time before. If you know, we have actually mm. on episode five back in 2022, we had mm. Jason Allen come on the show. But, 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 but we've had him, we've got him back again. Um, he's been bringing smiles to Japan along with his team for a very long time. Uh, that's one of their slogans. That's why I slipped that in. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, but this beloved brand of New Zealand for more than 40 years is back on the show because they've been having wonderful, wonderful opportunities with Costco. And we wanted to share this story because it's super amazing. You will get so much juice out of this mm. episode. Jason is just brilliant the way he tells the journey and all the opportunities mm. that came up. Can I just make a cheeky little content warning? As in, if you listen to this episode, you're going to want to eat some cookie time cookies. So <laughs> if you're on like a diet or your New Year's mm. resolution is to eat healthier, just beware. Right. Do not listen on an empty stomach. All right. It's not a good, good idea. Excellent, Jane. I knew you'd come cookies. through with some, you know, a New Year's tie in there to what we were talking about before. Good one. But I have eaten so many cookie time cookies while I've been working on this episode. So, yeah, because I just, yeah, it makes me want to eat them. Mm. Yeah. Go for it, everybody, especially uh, those who are not on a diet and not doing anything <laughs> resolution wise for this year. So go enjoy. Mm. Yeah, enjoy this episode with Jason. Kia ora, Jason. Welcome back to the Jandals in Japan podcast. Great to see you again. Good morning. Uh, thank you for having me back. And yeah, good to be uh, chatting again. 
All right. So our warm up question. Last time you were a guest on the show, we asked you if you were a bed person or a futon person. Today, <laughs> our warm up question for you is we're in Harajuku and we're feeling a bit peckish. So we head to the Cookie Time store. What should we order from the menu? Well, um, are you a shake person or a, mm, are you coffee? I love you a coffee. A, you, you'd love a coffee. Okay. Mm. Well, we do have a good coffee machine um, and good beans. So um, you could have a nice long black um, or a flat white. <gasps> um, you could also enjoy your coffee uh, in a shake. Um, so you don't just need to be a coffee person. You could have a, an espresso cookie shake. Uh, they're very good. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. Um, but I also mm. recommend you get a cookie from the warmer because the hot cookies are truly very good yeah they are um and my favorite would have to be the triple chocolate i'm not sure if you've had it Uh, it's very good Mm. oh Um, my goodness yeah it's very good there the the chocolate chunk is the is the one that most gravitate to because that's his favorite but the triple chocolate's amazing like the texture it goes a little bit crunchy on the outside but soft and gooey in the middle. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. what I'm doing today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Catherine, what, do you, what will you have if oh. you're heading to cookie well, time? Well, it's a bit indulgent, but I do like the no-bake cookie dough. Ah, uh, yeah. Because that was yeah. not in stock for a while. It's back now, right? It's just one of those ones where you know you want, you're going to be naughty, but it's just so good, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. I remember going and buying it, sitting out on the bus stop outside your place, cookie timing just sitting there and going just yeah taking yeah. it all yeah it was just so good and I thought oh my god I shouldn't have had that but oh that was so good yeah, yeah. so I love the no bake cookie dough I'm so glad to hear it's coming back yay yeah it's wildly good I, I'm not sure if I told you the story but when after COVID we rebooted um and we we kind of had the management team down there one day a week and I was, so I was on a shift as well and then it got to like three o'clock in the afternoon I was like need something sweet and so I'd, you know, have a mini cookie or whatever. But then I started to have the edible dough. And you're right. It's like incredibly addictive. And when you get to three and you do need a hit of something, like nothing, once you've had edible dough, nothing replaces it. <laughs> there you go. Um, there you go yeah. with the dough. All right. Well, Jane, what's yours? Well, I like that. Um, if it was a bit hot, maybe I'd go for the espresso cookie shake thing that Jason yeah. mentioned. Um, and if it was a bit cooler, then I would probably have a nice hot flat white since mm. I was, there are no flat whites where I live um, mm. here in Fukushima. So uh, not in Fukushima, where I live in Fukushima, yes. there are no flat whites. So, oh, okay. I'm sorry, I share one more thing too. Yes. If you're in there, um, ask, there's a banoffee cookie. It's a banana and toffee <gasps> cookie. Wow. Uh, and it's amazing when you have cream on top. So it's like, it's a bit like a, ban- a banoffee pie. So yeah, ask you might be you can ask the girls for cream. So just the banoffee cookie, and then they like <laughs> do like a swirl of cream on top. Wow, it's really good. Oh, insider <laughs> information there. Yeah. Thank Fantastic. you. Oh my yeah. goodness. Well, welcome back, Jason. You were on the mm-hmm. show in May 2022, episode yep. five of the Jandals in Japan podcast. Mm. You've been one of the most talked about episodes. Would you believe? Mm. That's well, great news. Yeah, I think mm. it's your long term in japan your wealth of knowledge and experience it's been super helpful for our listeners and you know there's been so much happening with you and cookie time since we last talked and for anyone who's listening who's like who's this jason guy 
please go back to episode five of Jandals in Japan and have a listen before you continue to listen to this one today, but the link will be in the show notes. Welcome back, Jason, since you were on the podcast. Have you had any fans come up to you? Anybody from <laughs> who were listening yeah. and said, hey, we heard you or yeah, I heard you on the podcast. Please yes, tell us. Yes, you have. Please tell us so yes. You, Great. Yes, you have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've obviously, yeah, there's the Jandals um, group is growing, it sounds. The fan yeah. club, probably three or four um, different yeah. people have mentioned they heard the podcast. So I have met a few um, people too, um, like that have reached out perhaps off the back of the, off the, back of the podcast too. So um, yeah, always happy to talk about our experience, uh, my experience and our experience in Japan. Well, thank you for doing that because, you know, that's what part of this is about is that people hear you and then want to be able to follow up on something you said that just is something that they need a little bit of help with uh, to do their successful business in Japan too. So mm. thank you for that. When we last talked, we were hearing about your success going into Lawson's, selling your cookies there. And I've seen you also say, Joeshi, I can pick up your cookies there too now. But mm. we just sort of thought that's probably as high as you can go. But then you landed... Costco and we've just blown away by that and so we wanted to hear this time about your journey to getting Costco contract and you know there's such an iconic mega store so tell us a little bit about that how that came about to be honest you know we years ago we reached out to Costco here in Japan so um, maybe six seven years ago and they have very strict um, regulations on you know licensing required manufacturing licensing and whilst we, you know, have HACCP and run our RMPs back in New Zealand to meet all those um, regulations, we didn't have at the time the global credentials to actually supply Costco. But we had some good conversations with their buyers at the time. Um, it was really actually New uh, Costco arriving to New Zealand that was the catalyst for a bunch of different things. That is getting our bakery spec to international audit standards. It, it actually probably was, let's be honest, but every audit is a little bit different. So we had to um, introduce a new global audit standard. Then that, that process had to, to run through. So that took time. But again, the biggest catalyst was Costco arriving to New Zealand uh, because as a iconic New Zealand brand, a manufacturer and brand, it was fairly obvious that there was a big opportunity there for us um, and that actually Costco wanted us as well in New Zealand. So yeah, we developed a, our team in New Zealand actually uh, drove um, the product development for a Costco pack or what that might look like. And so that was really helpful. Um, and then when it launched in New Zealand, obviously it was very successful. And then it very quickly transitioned to a conversation about the Australian market, Costco in Australia, of which there are, I think, maybe 20. Um, so obviously much bigger than the one in New Zealand. So that kind of was gives you an indication of, you know, this obviously the scaling opportunity within the Costco group just within Australasia. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously the next conversation to have was with Japan. And given that we'd already had have had contacts with them, um, and also, you know, the fact that internally they are very connected, well connected internally, I think, the Costco groups or the buyers across the countries. Um, and they just so happened to have an annual conference in the US and the Japan buyer had been over there and the New Zealand and the Australian buyer had been, you know, talking up the launch of the Cookie Time product in the, in the New Zealand store, but also in Australia. Uh, so all of those sound bites helped, I think, back up, you know, our story or our sales pitch when we went back to Costco uh, here in Japan. That's kind of a very simple flow of how we ended up discussing or back discussing with uh, buyers with Costco in Japan. 
And then it came it came back down to price. They're very tough negotiators on that particular point. But things were happening on our side too that meant um, whilst you know we were actually looking for the volume and whilst the margin's not always there, we definitely wanted the volume. So we did the deal. Wow. So six to seven years to actually be in Japanese Costco stores, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's when we started negotiations. And, you know, during that process too, we had uh, New Zealand Trade Enterprise on our behalf to step in, help with some of those conversations, you know, bridging those conversations. But ultimately it was a licensing issue at the beginning. Mm. Um, So we, we ticked that box. And then to be honest, you know, we were, when we were pitching them as Cookie Time Japan, they felt that there was also a layer of friction there. You know, Costco, they want to do direct. They don't want to put anything in the middle. Um, and so even a even 100% owned, you know, subsidiary of Cookie Time, as in ourselves in Japan, um, felt like that was almost a layer of friction too. So when we went back to them, um, obviously I was involved in those conversations, but it was actually on basically my, myself and our team on behalf of Cookie Time in New Zealand, uh, not Japan. So I think that that was really critical to getting the business done as well, in hindsight. Right. So you were speaking from a New Zealand perspective, right? Yeah, essentially right? Act- yeah? Yeah, essentially, essentially acting as a salesperson for Cookie Time New Zealand. They want to just do X Works business, and that is XR Factory. So basically negotiating on behalf of Cookie Time New Zealand for the business. Right. So is that industry speak? I'm having um, trouble following. What does that mean? Oh, so, uh, X works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So terms, terms of trade. So a lot of, I think global big box kind of retailers will deal if they're importing product will deal in X works. It basically just means that you sell them the product X, your factory. So direct from the factory to yeah, them. Yeah. Right. And okay. they, yeah. they step in with their logistics provider um, and arrange mm the logistics from your factory gate, essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, so and you then don't have a, to get it somewhere. They no, pick it yeah, up you from you. Yeah. And, of course, there are different other um, ways to structure the trade. People listening will know um, CIF and CNF. That means maybe you might, we might be responsible for the freight. Yeah. But, of course, depending on how the business is put together, you know, that's the pricing too. So Mm. our model with Costco was X works, net, net, net. So no deductions, no nothing. It's very clean. Um, But with terms of trade, you can get into all sorts of different, you know. Different varieties, right? Different models, yeah. Inco terms is the big thing, right? So Inco terms is a whole list of these three-lettered or X works. And That's they it. are the terms yeah. of trade, export, import that you pop into contracts. That's, That's right. it. Yes. How, yeah. Who's paying for, as you said, freight? When does actual ownership pass? All these sorts of things, mm, right, that are yes. all connected. So does XWorks in this case mean Costco pick it up from New Zealand factory, perhaps Christchurch, and That's bring right. it to Japan? That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think mm. actually our terms of trade at the moment might be FOB which is freight on board. Well, it's very similar to XWorks, but actually the shipping of the container to, in our case, Littleton Port um, is covered by us. But everything from, yeah, from then on mm-hmm. um, is covered by Costco. And that's kind of built through their preferred logistics partner. So our mm. in New Zealand, our bakery team, production team, and then we have a logistics team. 
our logistics team will liaise with their logistics team uh, or their preferred logistics partner to coordinate the details around the container, you know, arriving at our site for being stacked and packed and then leaving our site and arriving to port and that flow. Wow. Is yeah. that a good deal for you guys? Like, is it is this a preferable way to do the business as in like you want them to take over the, the logistics as soon as possible kind of thing rather yeah, than being um, so on you to get the product to market? There are, yeah, there are a few things. So our business is done in New Zealand dollars too. Um, so that was preferable because of course, if it's done in another currency, um, we're exposed to that exchange rate risk. Costco's a global kind of reach and power and network it kind of on paper does make sense that they would handle that logistics piece. You would expect that, you know, across all the countries and markets, they have a very fluid, slim, you know, model for moving product around. So, you know, I think at once we did at the beginning, we did quote. I think they also like, you know, manufacturers or exporters to quote too, because they just need to feel out the, the current market situation. Maybe they don't want to be locked into one preferred logistic provider and then have that provider kind of slowly slowly increase margin on them so they've uh, they did ask us for um, cif pricing too perhaps just for comparison purposes um but at the end of the day the business got done you know xworks using their preferred logistics partner wow amazing we heard through stuff reporting that you had like 40 foot containers 80 pallets of product that came into mm. Japan in this first loading. Mm. Was that right? Middle of December, 2022? Yeah, that was the test launch. 40 foot container is 40 pallets. So that's 20 pallets in a layer. So we double stacked them. So you How got many 40. cookies is that? Uh, it's a lot of cookies. So on a pallet, there's 168 one kilogram packs. So in a container, you've got 268,800 cookies. Individually wrapped. Nice. Wow. Yeah, a lot of cookies. So, yeah, the December production was a kind of a test um, and event went very well. It was about March, April that we then had, you know, a regular containers flowing right. X-Works or X-Bakery um, into Japan. Yeah, at its peak, uh, we were doing like a, like a container a week. Uh, it's pulled back a little bit now, but the business is still really strong and um, big future, which I can go into more detail. Amazing. What was it like on opening day? We heard, well, I heard things sold out very quickly. It was like a rampage. Yeah, Tell yeah. us about that first day. How exciting it must have been. Internally, we were celebrating, of course, um, and we did very quickly venture to some of the warehouses to check stock. And But, yeah, it was. It was the work day. Um, busy, busy yeah. day. Yes. It um it did move very quickly. Um and I think you know some some warehouses um are more quickly than others. Um of course some of the Costco warehouses perform stronger than others. So, you know, I think the those warehouses in Kanto, like Kawasaki and um Misato. Um and um yeah, some of those warehouses move very quickly. Um yeah, Misato is heaving with people. Yeah, on yeah. a weekend day, but the same in Hitachinaka, which is a bit further up north, not the same level of crush that you 
just get yeah it's amazing the difference yeah yeah and so we we didn't know that at the beginning obviously but um through the demonstration pro we've been running demos you know through that process we've come to understand a bit more about you know the locations and the the individual warehouses and you know just how they how they tick They're, they're all a little bit different yeah well, well, tell us about that demo process because I guess it's a little bit different to standing in a supermarket saying, New Zealand cookie, kaka desu ka? How about a New Zealand cookie? It's like, what do you do? What's a demo look like? Obviously, Costco are big on this because when you go in there, it's a bit like the Disney, you know, Disneyland, and, you know, on every single corner, there's somebody kind of peddling something. Um, and it's definitely part of their model. So, again, just going back to the terms of trade, whilst our um, everything I mentioned was XWorks and net, net, net. Um, it did turn out that you do kind of need to factor in a marketing budget. That wasn't explicit at the beginning. It just so happened by through the way that we did dealt with them, we were able to kind of flush that out and that we did have that kind of a little bit portioned aside. So it was very helpful um, when we got further down, you know, the discussion further through the dialogue around, you know, what activity that we would do or what that we would cooperate with them to help, um, you know, increase exposure of the brand and sampling, et cetera. So again, a critical point I think is in your pricing to factor that in. Um, right. So you mean that it wasn't explicit in the contract, but it was actually an assumption that you would be contributing to the costs of the market. Yeah, but, pretty much. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. important to know, right? Because that's obviously another line item on all of the things that you're thinking about as you, cost out how much it's going to be to come into country right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. interesting yeah but the demos are um are very slickly they're very slickly run through um a company called cds which is almost feels like an internal appendage of costco although i think it's independent but i don't know i'm sure there's cross shareholding or something going on because it's a, a very lucrative um business in itself um, and so you deal or you kind of deal through CDS to arrange demos um, and promotional activity on the floor in Costco. Yeah, and they've got a, a website portal, very easy to get enrolled, well, well, your paperwork, but once you're in, um, it's very easy to set up demos. And then, um, yeah, it's user pay system, of course. And of course, when you're demoing through 33 warehouses, it's the cost times 33. So it's significant. Very kind of kit set style um, setup and execution. So little kind of stand thing on wheels, they roll out. It's um, stainless steel, I think, from memory. You can you can allow uh, um, spots of uh, branding or you can fully brand as two, I believe. Uh, we have not done that yet, but you, you can go through that process. Um, and uh, other big brands have done that. I've seen visuals of that. So, um, yeah, so that's the kind of next steps with us. But we have run demos, many a few demos with them now using their kind of kit set rollout. Um, and typically you get people who are, you know, they, they love what they do and they're very good at it um, and they're great at communicating with customer and they're very good at delivering the samples and the message and they stay on message, you know, and you help set those messages up too and give them some parameters and kind of a bit of structure. Um, and then they just, they pick it up and run with it. Wow. And then typically yeah. from a demo, you might get, say, uh, two to three X sales. So on any given day when you're selling in Costco without any activity, um, when you are doing demo or some sort of activity, you can expect, say, two to three X of sales on that particular day. 
And then, of course, you've been sampling. And so the idea is that you're bringing kind of more consumers into your ecosystem um, and that over time, um, sales and run rates pick up. Catherine, have you ever been to Costco in Japan? Oh, uh, I confess, no. Did oh, you okay. be a member? Yeah, well, or be friends with a member. But yeah, right. I have a membership, so I do go, but there's not one nearby, so I don't go often. But it's part of the fun of going to Costco is like, what free samples yeah. are they going to have today? So it's a yeah. very important part of the experience of going to Costco. And the samples are generally very nicely presented, delicious. People are lining up for these samples, right? So you have to be doing this, I think, if you want your product to stand out in that warehouse, which is just overflowing with amazing opportunities, right? Yes, yeah, Mm. yes. And, you know, I think there are times during the relationship with Costco too where you might be slightly overstocked, um, and in which case, you know, you work with them to kind of move some stock. And so that would be a demo or that might be end of aisle or that might be some sort of coupon promotion that they do. There's a whole bunch of different ways. But again, having some a pool of money set aside <laughs> uh, to participate in that because it's kind of feels like it's part of the rules of the game um, is kind of critical to doing business with Costco. Yeah. Wow, oh goodness, amazing. These unwritten rules of the game for doing <laughs> yeah. business with Costco. Yeah. 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 Any surprising or interesting stories that have come up while you've been dealing with Costco that you can share? As you mentioned, Kath, sales were really strong. And so we would get these weekly updates or we would push for a poke for a weekly update normally on a Friday. And that was often the days that purchase orders arrived too. We had this um, Friday fever thing um for a while <laughs> where we get purchases on friday and then we'd get a sound bite around sales um but no the buyer in the early days described sales like evaporating so that was really cool that was the first time i've ever heard somebody describe you know sales like evaporating but their sales velocity is very strong like they move a lot of product um and so when your when your brand or your product is is also popular amongst that amongst their kind of system um, that equals sales like evaporating. It was crazy. So, um, yeah, they, we, we had some neat stories. Um, and now we're kind of entering a, we're only kind of maybe a year in, or not quite a year, but we're certainly entering a more mature part, you know, stage of our relationship. It's on ongoing discussions around demos and promotion um, and stock levels. And also um, early in the new year, um, actually, or mid mid new year, perhaps in Japan, we are transitioning them to a new pack as well. Um, so it, it's actually slightly bigger again. <laughs> um, and that that pack is um, actually not been driven necessarily by Japan. This is actually a what they call an a, a Costco APAC thing, um, which is the Asia Pacific region, and it's generally run out of Australia, uh, and it basically involves the Australian buyer key buyer i believe coordinating the other markets in apac and aligning on one product um and so at the moment for example in new zealand we have a 1.2 uh triple pouch pack in australia we've got a 1.2 in taiwan we've got a one kilogram in china we've got a one kilogram and a 1.2 in korea we've got a 1.2 so it's just it's um getting smart around the skew consolidating everything into one simple product um, that goes across all apex and costco and so obviously japan is part of that too 
so they've been kind of wrapped up in in that discussion and so they'll they'll enter a transition period next year middle of next year this must have changed everything for you this costco experience that it's really and you've got different like you've got to keep the store going in harajuku and keep the regulars going in there you've got your online right this convenience stores and other stores but then costco so yeah so managing all of that there must be incredible to keep it hands-on yeah the deal with costco japan was done x work via, via new zealand so obviously we've got significant resource in new zealand so about a year ago, a, a year ago, um, you know, I started to work more closely with our New Zealand team or our export team, because prior to launching in Costco, we had an export-led strategy, and I was part of that. Right. So, but that was kind of working on behalf of the New Zealand business. So, obviously, in New Zealand, you know, we've got a, you know, significantly more resources. But yeah, it has been, um, it's been massive for Japan, um, because. Uh, obviously, you know, I think after 10 years of hard work on the ground with, you know, the cookie bar and the online store and the wholesale channel, I think that definitely helped. Obviously, we've got some brand visibility um, in market, so that definitely helped with the launch into Costco. But Costco's also probably, well, definitely enabled us to reach, you know, a much wider consumer base that we hadn't touched previously. Um, and also consider the demonstrations so we were actually getting people tasting the product too and that's potentially the best way to market anyway to actually get you know get your brand in front of people tasting it so i actually did i think i haven't done it recently but i did some math when we were looking to set up the costco demos and i think i worked out that in the last 10 years you know operating the store in harajuku we might have touched or infected or had you know people maybe close to four million people um, come across our brand or sample the product in some way, formal way, perhaps more of, you know, lots of being on gifted or whatever. But I also worked out that in the next 12 months, if we ran a demo program with Costco Japan, as which we kind of had planned to do so, that actually we were going to potentially reach another 5 million in the next 12 months. So the, the scale. And then, of course, you know, a lot of our um, consumer touching points to date have been focused around the store, which is in Tokyo. But obviously the Costco warehouses located all around the country um, give us an ability to really talk to consumers in other regions too. So, yeah, it's been a very strong and still is an ongoing massive beachhead for the brand in Japan. And so, yeah, there's, there's we're calling it the halo effect. Um, and there's, we're definitely sensing or feeling that halo effect. Um, and it is helping with conversations through our wholesale channel um, and our salespeople that are selling other products, Cookie Time branded products through our wholesale channel. Wow. So you're already seeing the on flow of this deal with yeah, Costco so, in other ways. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's difficult to measure. Yeah. But when we're having wholesale conversations, it's like, well, you know, we're in Costco and, you know, there's massive. Surely well, that ticks you your box. Right. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, well, can we have that? And we're like, well, no, you can't. You could have this. And, you know, and then we, we've started them with, you know, we've got them on a journey. And, um, yeah, it definitely helps um, and ongoing. Yeah. I mean, the store would obviously pick up a different group of customers, right? The cookie yes. bar compared to Costco. Just yes. that, that massive exponential growth there on your predictions for the customer and getting them yes. to come back how do they come back do you just is it the demo that's enticing them they get the taste they buy a pack and they're like that was yeah that was yum i'm coming back so it's just simple as that or is there something else 
that coming back to you mean to Costco for repeat? Yeah, come back to Costco. Oh, I know Harajuku. Yeah. They all come back. But yeah. for Costco, what is it? Is it just is it that connection? Is it as simple as that, or is there something else that brings them back to keep buying? So obviously, after the boom launch, sales have definitely pulled back a little, um, which we kind of expected. Also, we ran into hotter summer months, you know, through June, July, August, where you know products like ours or snack products in general um, tend to pull back. Um, that is a trend, but there's certainly no doubt that people are repeating on it. And I, you know, I think it's, su- it's such a wow item. It's very cool. And, you know, individually wrapped. So it's very easy to share the fun. So I think things like home parties or, you know, visiting friends. Um, and it feels like Costco was already a bit about that anyway. You know, like when in your neighborhood, if you go to Costco, you you tell your neighbor, oh, I'm off to Costco. Do you want something? You something? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or even if they say no, you you basically bought the thing anyway and there's no way you can consume it. So because it's so bloody big. So you end up sharing totally. it anyway. You are sharing your spoils with your neighbours, your friends. You're sharing. Yeah, or those 27 yeah. bread rolls. There you go. Is, you know? So, you know, maybe that's, you know, our pack has ticks, all, ticks that box too, big time. Definitely. Um, I've bought your pack. I, I was made to buy your pack by my son because he was like, oh, ah, mommy, cookie time. And then okay. took it home, opened it up and was like, thank God they're individually wrapped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. in Japan, you cannot hand, hand out cookies that are not individually wrapped. No. Like, are you trying to poison me? So, yeah. yeah. And then I, they were gone in no time and we didn't eat them. I was handing them out to people, giving them to oh, the kids friends when they hear. came by. Everybody was excited to get one. And some that's people great. said, oh, these. And mm. they knew them. And I was like, awesome. That's so, great to yeah. hear. Mm. That's really good to hear. And, you know, we did think that a big part of um, early success in Costco and ongoing success is that, we have been here 10 years um, and I'm sure that that has, that plays has played a role. Um, but funnily enough, you know, the brand is resonating and sales are as strong um, in Taiwan uh, where we've recently launched uh, in China. Um, we have also recently launched, we launched in Korea in December. So we expect, you know, similar trend line. So I think that um, yes, no doubt that being up here for 10 years and having a store and having some brand visibility has helped no doubt at all. Um, but also I think the brand just care everything about it and the product um, is resonating with the Costco consumer. So that's really exciting. Yeah. So good. You mentioned future before that you're going to talk a little bit about that. Is there something mm. you'd like to say there? So a part of our exports, we've definitely got an export led strategy within the business at the moment. Um, so that's why you hear me talk about Taiwan and China mm. and, you know, those Malaysia, yeah. those other markets. Um, and obviously Costco, we're feeling as a bit of a beachhead in some of those markets where it, it has a presence. It's not in all markets, but in those markets, it's not in. We're kind of seeing Costco as a bit of a beachhead uh, for our brand and those markets it's in. Uh, in those markets, it's not. We're actually kind of sussing out or identifying similar players uh, in those other markets that can play the role of the beachhead that kind of Costco is playing for us and but say in the likes of Korea or in the likes of Taiwan. So again, there's other big box retailers and say, for example, the Philippines where we, you know, building out a relationship that kind of mimics the Costco relationship. We'll look to lean on that or utilize that as a beachhead. Um, and then of course we'll have a, a master distributor 
um, identified in that market and they will then pick up the mainstream cookie time products and distribute them through their channels to supermarkets and convenience stores and you know other kind of retail touch points um, in market wow so that's that's part of the you know that's kind of the export-led strategy mm. but then within costco of course i looked at it found a not a gif but like a, a meme thing the visual the other day that showed the costco warehouse numbers across the world um, and it's fun. It's very funny because if you find it um, at the moment, we're playing basically in the bottom right-hand corner, which is New Zealand one, you know, um, China four stores, Australia 17 or 20 or something. And it's basically we're right down in the bottom right-hand corner. Um, and then there's this whole big thing that shows all the Costco warehouses around the world, you know, Mexico and oh, Canada. And, oh, wow. You've only scratched um, the surface. The US. Oh, we're yeah. seriously, literally only scratching the surface. Mm. So, Oof. yeah, we're really excited about if the, the brand, we think, and looks like the brand resonating very strongly amongst the audience. And that's true in those markets we've in, we're, we're entering and likely in those other markets too that we haven't yet entered. So we definitely got them on our line of vision. Um, so nice. maybe a trial and somewhere in the Americas, uh, maybe next year, um, just to test uh, and see. Uh, but if we can crack that, then that's that would be massive. It would be massive, absolutely. Amazing. Goodness. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned beachheads, and there will be some people maybe listening who are not quite familiar with that. What does that mean? Um, well, a lot of people might be more familiar with it. Well, those that know NZTE might, of course, I think that's where you're leading, maybe, um, with the Beachheads division, is it, or um, part of? Part of NZTE. Part of New yeah. Zealand Trade and Enterprises set up, helping and assisting uh, New Zealand manufacturers um, and brands to enter um, overseas markets. So, yeah, we've had um, a bit to do with them over the years, but actually my refer reference to Beachhead was literally, you know, when you're kind of landing and storming the country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is kind of, this was our beachhead. Uh, now, not in Japan because we've been up here for 10 years, but for example, in Taiwan, uh, where we haven't had any business before, this is our kind of our launch strategy um, in Taiwan. So I'm referring to Costco uh, in Taiwan, uh, for example, as a beachhead. Right. Um, Got it. Yeah. That, that's a great uh, explanation. Can I mm. ask... Who shouldn't go with Costco? Because we're like, mm. what would not be a good fit to work with Costco if you're in New Zealand and you're thinking, I want to export my products? I'll go with Costco. Given the scale and size, you know, they are big enough and bold enough to dictate the terms. So if you're not as big and bold as them or like can get into the ring and throw some punches, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't start there because they do deal quite direct and it's quite straight. It's very straightforward once the business gets underway, but they're also, you know, they're just they're just big. They can throw you around or they can throw a hook or, you know, an uppercut. And if you <laughs> if you can't like punch back or, you know, you know, you don't mind getting into a tangle with them. It'll be then, tough. Yeah. yeah, then maybe it's not Hold for you. Yeah. 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 Mm. And well, a lot of New Zealand manufacturers too that are not exported much or a lot, um, you know, tend to be, you know, they might have capacity Problem, you know, might have capacity, glass ceilings, or whatever it may be. You know, it's probably not for them either. Like we were ready to, we were ready to rev up, and we were ready to kind of scale. You know, we've had to go through massive transformation uh, in New Zealand to deliver on this promise too. 
to Costco, but we were ready for it. Um, and if Costco um, shuts the door tomorrow, we're still ready for it. So you got to be ready for it. I think, you know, it might fall into your lap and that might be nice and you might do some nice business with them. We're doing good, nice business, but we want, we want their volume and we want their scale. So we're also like getting into the ring as well. We need to be. <laughs> Love it. What a great, great analogies or metaphors yeah. you're using there. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And great too, like for Christchurch with the, is that where the most of the manufacturing is still done for cookie time? So it's great for employment, for energizing yeah. the region and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the export led strategy um, and obviously Costco is a big part of that um, has been the catalyst to basically expand our business in, in New Zealand significantly. So we've gone from one eight hour shift, which was more like a 10 hour shift, you know, and or a, a busy Saturday sometimes to keep up with, um, demand domestic and a little bit of export uh, has gone to now three shifts. So we're running three shifts. So we're basically 24, 24, five, not seven, but 24, five. Right. Um, wow. Yeah. And so um, Costco has been a big part of that, but you know, that also um, means there are expectations from the sales team to deliver, you know, to deliver opportunities now too, because the last thing we want is idle hands on the production line. So um, obviously the Costco yeah. business is a big one for us, but then there's a lot of other kind of um, plays within the export agenda too that we're pursuing and pushing and, and focusing on. What's your one gem then? The one gem that you can share after all these gems you've just um, shared with us that oh, would sum like, it all up. You know, I mean, I mentioned before about, you know, Japan and being up here 10 years, that certainly has opened doors. So yeah, I've mentioned patience before. Kath and time and market um, that definitely helps but other markets open up pretty quick obviously off the back of Costco so again that's the kind of the beachhead you know whilst we're doing that we're also dealing with some some markets that are more for us developed than others at the moment it's the Singapore Malaysian market is quite strong we've got a very good distributor there so we're supporting that to kind of again backfill you know if you consider that Costco is kind of giving us all the volume and at the top end, you know, we don't want to leave, you know, everything else in the middle. So we feel it does feel a bit like we're in each of the markets. We've got these master distributors uh, appointed or being appointed uh, and then on a bit of a mission to kind of backfill that opportunity um, that sits below, you know, the Costco style retailers. So we're, we're busy on that. You know, I'm conscious I still haven't given you a gem. John. I'm thinking um, what's coming up for me is that you've got this massive, massive client, right? Client, Costco, but you're also managing to supply and still look after a, the smaller end, the everyday customer coming in at Harajuku. So I feel one of your things is being, even though you may have a large customer, to always be thinking about all the other customers in your ecosystem and give mm. them the love as well. I'm feeling that from you. You're like You're looking over this whole spectrum of, Big to yeah. small, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good point, Kath. And like, obviously, within the, I've just explained the export lead strategy and my role within the export team. You know, around yeah. you know Singapore, Malaysia, but in Japan, that is specifically true. So in Japan, we do have sales people or person now um, on the ground, and in conjunction with myself and our small team, um, every day he's out 
selling. So yeah, in our mind, um, within the Japan strategy is obviously the Costco and all the sampling and demo that's happening and this halo effect I mentioned. Um, but we have a pick and focus strategy with other clients um, within our wholesale business, of which you know it's grown over the last three to four years, and you know we have upwards of you know a dozen plus distributors that take our product to market through these retail chains, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Sejuishi and Kinokuniya and Kaori, etc. So we, we do, and and we're kind of conscious of the retail store, which is the antenna and the face of the brand. Um, and the Costco, which is delivering all the volume and very lucky getting people sampling, but, you know, also very focused on delivering a great product and service to, you know, those mid-tier and beautiful retailers like Kaldi, um and Sony Plaza um, and Sejuishi, because we know that for brand building and for long-term longevity, I think, in the Japanese market, we've also got to be really strong through through the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, Costco has allowed us, its price point too, um, has allowed us to kind of enter that more mainstream market, um, which, let's be honest, cookie time has not been there um, to date. So that's a, that's a big thing. We've got a big foot in that now. Um, and then we're kind of like playing around in the middle. And then, of course, at the top, we have the antenna yep. store, the brand, um, the face of the brand. Yeah, so Great. it does wow. feel like we've got you know, solid pieces of the puzzle on the board um, and just looking after them and, you know, slowly yeah. adding pieces of the puzzle to build the picture. Did you envisage mm. this? Like, you know, when you said yes to cookie time back then, did you uh, think maybe. this was your future? This was what was might happen? Was it in your yeah. crystal well, ball? Well, I mean, yet? it's in our slogan. It does say a smile on every face. And so <laughs> there you go. To, um, there you go. we were well chatting done. internally recently and we're talking about global we've got we do have a like a global success story kind of mantra as well which our export-led strategy is looking to deliver on and our business is all aligned on that we are a global success story and that is the picture we're building so you know when you yeah when you say a smile on every face that's not we're not not excluding anyone in particular so yeah we better get that troll happening in america because yeah. um, can't wait to hear that. We Gosh. can't we can't claim every face until we've at least popped up over there as well, um, and started started the journey over there. You know, in Europe and but you know at the moment we there's no doubt it's, it's step by step. Um, and Japan is a big part of the. There's a bit of an Asia focus obviously at the moment. You know, the APEC thing in Asia, um, but we're certainly not looking to stop there. Um, yeah, we're very keen to kind of to be bigger. And yeah, vision to be much bigger. Yeah, you've also got like a whole rung of supermarkets left in Japan that below the Seijo Ishis and that that you haven't touched yet, right? CGC, CGC. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there is a um, (laughs) there is a yeah, and so obviously to touch those, Jane, it's really price uh, because that's the mainstream. You know, and also if you look at a lot of those stores, maybe around Fukushima that you were shopping, mm. they sometimes they do not have import, like an import. Typically, our product is an import, an import item. So, if a chain of stores does not have an import shelf, yeah, then you the buyer's not even looking. If they do, mm. um, then obviously we're competing in that space. And then even mm. if they do, that space is typically quite small. It is, you know, relative to you know the the mainstream Japanese brands, you know, the big Meiji and the Morinaga, 
in the so they wouldn't put you on the shelf next to the other cookies because you're an import brand. Yes, technically, that, technically, okay. and so they, they have planograms. You know, supermarkets will will have a planogram, yep. and that is where you live. You know, that is if you if you're from there and you're that product, you live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got to negotiate to, you know, basically rent mm-hmm. that address, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to do that and the likes of the chains you're mentioning, it a lot of it comes down to price point. You know, they need to move they need to move a certain number of units and in there traditionally they know exactly what sort of price point is required to move those units. And if you don't fit that model, then you've got a difficult conversation. So, you know, at the moment, you know, I mentioned the Costco and the antenna store and then in the middle, at the moment, it's still, there's a big chunk in the middle, like you say, and it still feels like we'd, we've got a long way to go before we hit that, you know, that the big middle, that rich middle vein, if Massive we get the price middle, point yeah. right. <laughs> but Costco is helping us kind of understand that better. Obviously, the mm. Costco value the product we have in there is a very was a very good value and um, traditionally that hasn't been the case with the business in japan you know we've been at the other end you know with the store and the branding so we are figuring it out um awesome and we are yeah we do have some strategic um, relationships up here in japan that might help us deliver on that in the future but it certainly hasn't gone unnoticed and you were aware of it and again oh. like I say if we we want to be on every a smile on every face you need to be there as well Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Any activities or promotions that you've got going that you'd like to share with us? Maybe I think you had a Jandals coupon code for the online store. Yeah. So, but is there something you can offer up for our listeners there? Yeah, I'm happy to do another coupon if you want to do this. We could do the same one too, if that's easy for you. I actually, I'd need to um, just chat to Rihanna to set up another coupon. Yeah. But we could certainly do something, and happy to do the, um, happy to do the coupon. Great. If that works or that's lovely. Thank you. We'll hear back from you on that one. It's been amazing. The show any notes. last words? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, any last words or any questions for us, Jason? So I love talking about we actually do too. Like um the team, our owner uh, spends a lot of time in Japan and their family. Um and while they whilst they're here and um oftentimes they're not online, we often talk to people. Um, about Japan, our experience and business over here. So just really enjoy sharing and happy to do so. Um, and obviously, like when you're in the day-to-day, you're always looking in windwards. Um, and I think you don't often stop to appreciate what you what you have achieved. And I do, obviously, you're aware too, we handle Tom and Luke up here in market. And that's also been a really successful product um, that was sold and marketed in Japan and, you know, still see a big future for the Tom and Luke brand up here as well. You know, and I remember walking around with them in in 7-Eleven pre-COVID, I think, or post-COVID, just post-COVID maybe. And when you look on the shelf in a 7-Eleven, like what foreign brands do you see? You know, I think I mentioned this before. None. So the fact that we've had Tom and Luke um, in um, 7-Eleven and also next year in February, we're rebooting Tom and Luke um, in 7-Eleven, the 33-gram pack uh, through 4,000 stores um yeah so a, a kind of a smaller bunch of stores through the key metropolitan areas like the uh, tokyo and nagoya down to Osaka. so we're hoping that that actually you know gives us the opportunity to bed it in and to actually um you know for it to stick so you know i think we're doing some neat stuff and then obviously the one point i failed to mention i probably mentioned in the last one but 
a lot of the success we're having with cookie time now, obviously in Costco, but also through the wholesale channel is to do with our long shelf life cookie. Um, and prior to Costco, we never had it. So that is a critical, um, that is a critical thing. Um, uh, critical go. box to tick, tick for success. A gem. There's the gem that yeah. came out. Well, you long know, in it's products. so <laughs> it's so obvious that most um, exporters in New Zealand manufacturers will understand it. But sure. you know, in saying that, we spent ten years up here without it. So, oh my god! Yeah, right. we, I mean, we have a we have a frozen supply chain, which enables us to to get away with a little bit. You know, we return to ambient and back label, so we, we do get the full ninety days or the full hundred and twenty days that our products might have. But you know, we, when you're doing that style of business too, through to the distribution it becomes really difficult, you know, shelf life. And, you know, so having a long shelf life cookie has been critical. Um, and that's a big part of the success, the Costco success. So, yes, if you're an exporter, you need shelf life. There you are. For sure. Wow. We are just so encouraged to hear this amazing story, Jason. You've done so well. You've landed on your feet. Proud of you to the mm. end of the earth of what's going on with cookie time. We just love seeing every time I see cookie time, it just it does bring a smile to my face, literally. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, Kath. Really, and you've been really one of that, true. you know, yourself and Jane too. Thank you for see your name pop up pop up on our online store. You might see yes. it. Very but thank you both yeah. for being, you know, really supportive of uh, our activities and brand and actually one other thing. Can I say one other thing? Of course. Um, there was a question actually you had about why have we been so successful or maybe what are the what are the, the tricks or whatever. Sure. But it's funny. Recently, we've been moving through export markets. It's everyone has, and Guy, our owner, has uh, picked up on this, but everyone has a cookie time story. So, you know, obviously growing up with it. Yes. Um, mm. it, Through family or through friends or there's some sort of something that you can remember. Um, yes. And when I was in Singapore, I was, um, we were filming actually the Cookie Muncher. There was a, 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 a couple of Kiwis, Australians, and a group of Japanese. I spoke to the Japanese people and they recognized Cookie Muncher and I, they had a story about being to the Haraju Cookie Bar and then the Australians had a similar story as well about visiting New Zealand when they were younger and having relatives or being on the plane and getting a cookie time cookie. So I think it's, you know, it's all of those touch points. It's all of those touch points. Exactly. And it's not what one kind of marketing angle or piece of activity. And ultimately at the end of the day, it's been 40 hard years of, good smart entrepreneurship and just good people and making a great product mm. and you know, being 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 true to who you are and, and the brand and you know and obviously a great fun character who yeah, yeah who entertains so it's all oh, those things. you you or the cookie muncher <laughs> <laughs> cookie muncher it's so true you know the cookie time story for me is it got me through law school we would come yeah. out crawling out of some of those boring lectures and hit the cafe Mm. And it was always a cookie mm. time, always. Followed yeah, by God, I could get my mum. That was just yeah, my story. Yeah. Got I could me get my mum to buy cookie time. That was it. It's a happy right? memory, right? Yeah. Convincing you know, and think about, you know, one. that, yeah. yeah, that Christmas cookies campaign that we yes. run every year. I mean, that's yes. massive, massive, you know, for, for again, um, branding, but also creating those stories, you know. I, mm. I took a photo when I was back years ago on my grandparents' house outside on the clothesline she had an old bucket that was oh. hanging there with pegs in it, you know, and the bucket, I think the bucket was like a, you know, a 93 series Christmas cookie bucket or whatever, just wow. hanging on the clothesline. 
still had you know some t- branding touch points whatever but Love there's it. all there's all of that um you know beautiful cookie time heritage that just still permeating you know everywhere throughout new zealand and mm. that, wow that helps there's a pig bucket love it pig bucket yeah <laughs> yeah anyone doesn't I can know visualize what a pig it bucket is we can tell you but there you congratulations go congratulations again jason on just continuing to be such a successful gentle in japan thanks for providing the updates on costco wow amazing yeah. and keep going we're here for yep. you and um loving it thank, thank you, you so thank much. you both for yeah supporting and amplifying the story yeah and again not there's a, a network of people in new zealand uh, in new zealand of course and japan um none less than nzte uh they've been massive supporters and backers of our business up here and you know our venture into other global markets so need to say thank you um and we we do often but let me say publicly thank you too so yeah and to the network and just the 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 team that surrounds us it's that's a result of all of that so thank you so much you guys wow did we just get an mba in how to get your product into Costco and what <laughs> amazing. Wow. Thank you so much, Jason. Jason's amazing, right? I mean, I've known him for many years. You heard him call me Kath. So there's a certain group of people who know me as that. And Jason's yes, one I'm... of those very special people. So not many people you... get to call you Kath, do they? I haven't tried. Yeah. Wow, what a story. <laughs> Just to see that. And I love that he said that, you know, the putting a smile on every face is actually now becoming a reality mm. a real 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 reality i'm sure it's on every face in, in new zealand itself because everyone knows cookie time there mm. oh, wow expanding in asia like that and and looking out to america and japan being a beachhead that is just so heartwarming amazing wow but i love too you know you sort of had so many hints there it's just trying to download on all of those right the making sure you sort of check things like marketing budget i thought that was quite sneaky in a way of oh okay it's all handled process part of it too may not be clearly obvious Mm. that's a good one to know isn't it a sort of one oh if you wanted to deal with costco you really need to be a company that is ready for some tough punches and Mm, being sort of had this visual of being in a boxing ring Mm. yeah being prepared for that and if you're thrown out of the ring what you're going to do and what did he say capacity glass ceilings don't have any of those mm, mm, that was awesome mm. isn't it great though that new zealand has that one store where if you could get yourself in there and practice with that test run of being in the new zealand costco yeah that gives you such a great sort of springboard to the rest of the world once sure. you've smoothed out all the kinks um exactly. being in so that one how fantastic little sandpit right and then you can mm. go to the beach and do those one of those big sand castles right get into new zealand first as a test run yeah wow. don't don't look overseas yeah you can just do it at home practice at home <laughs> there's so much potential here i just just so exciting to hear that story i'm going to go now and get online and order some product yeah i was like i need some cookies after all I of that some now. they don't stay around long and everyone we give them to their face literally lights up when you give mm. them one here in japan people know it as a good cookie and quite often i give them to some of the people that i meet often and they'll be like oh yay these these again right like, rather than oh these again it's like yay these again so they're thrilled to get them so i can't wait for them to be available to more people exactly here in Japan. Mm. and i know at least one american friend has taken 
one or two back to America. So they're not first time in America. They have been there at least through uh, Omiyage. Looking forward to hearing some more. That was a great episode. Thanks, That was Jane. fantastic. Do you think we should start our own product? I think we're just about ready now. I think we've we're just about learned ready. learned all the things so far. I think so. Almost that and our own little beachheads. I think something's got to come from this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The Jandals MBA. Jandals yeah. MBA. You heard it yeah. here first. Okay. <laughs> we've got many, many more coming up, haven't we, Jane? We do. Keep listening. More Jandals coming to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. listening make sure you check out our guests links in the show notes this podcast is brought to you today by Catherine o'connell law and pod launch with jane if you have a great story you think should be on the show come and find us on linkedin or instagram we'd love to hear from you see you next time matane